0: This is the Life Origami Podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we will be reading to you from our book, The Lost Guru. Uncover the mental habits that prevent you from fully inhabiting your life and accessing your intrinsic wisdom. We'll read a portion of the book. Amethyst and I will have a conversation about it, and then we'll put them out three times a week until the book's complete. Enjoy the show. So welcome to episode number five, where Amy and I are sharing and reading our book, The Lost Guru. And uh, today, it happens to be Wednesday, January 15th, yep. and uh, we're a little bit late getting this, today's uh, recording out, because, why are we late, Amy?
1: Because we published our... Ebook book and our paperback version should be ready to buy by Friday. Next,
0: next few days, over the yeah. next few days. And so we ended up having a little bit of um, origami. We had to do book publishing origami. <laughs> <laughs> Greg had to wrap his mind around uh, all the requirements that Amazon requires and all the different decisions we yeah. had to make. It was surprising, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, I, I slept through a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's
0: riveting, folks. It's so interesting to put her to sleep. She, she's the author. I, I, I hope I hope we don't put you to sleep with our <laughs> podcast. Hopefully, it's a little better than that.
1: It was all the technical stuff. It oh, was Just goodness. way above my head.
0: <laughs> right. So let's. So we're gonna get started reading the book. Uh, this uh, this one we're going to title Finding the Lost Guru. The first step in finding the lost guru is to uncover the mental habits which are preventing you from being able to access the guru within. This is the beginning of covering of uncovering the roadblocks which are preventing you from tapping into the wisdom of your life that which is what this book is all about.
1: The truth is, if you truly want to experience a sense of clarity, liberty and freedom, now is the time to examine your mental habits. Until you get to know what you think and whether it is still relevant to your life today, you will be vulnerable to the world's priorities and other people's agendas.
0: Everybody we have worked with, including successful achievers, on some level, They all struggled to cope with uncertainty. They grappled with a nagging feeling that in some way they were not enough. Why is this? We all fall under the umbrella of other people's concepts, beliefs and values. These become seemingly invisible rules which operate in our subconscious minds and influence how we think, act and make decisions. This impacts what we believe is possible for us and how we feel about ourselves.
1: It is a natural human characteristic to be influenced by others. Everywhere we go in life, family, friends, everything in the media and online tells us what to do, how to think, and attempt to get us to adopt what they think is ethical or moral. All of us have people who tell us what they think constitutes a successful life according to their own will, whims and wishes. This can create a feeling that we are not enough. Yet, this version of how they define success may not be anything close to what you desire.
0: They project their opinions, beliefs, dogma and patterns onto you. At first blush, these perspectives might seem reasonable. However, They may not be valid for you. You are an individual with unique life experiences. You have gone through many defining moments and they have made you who you are today. Every single conversation you have ever had, accompanied by all the feelings and thoughts that are associated with them, accumulate to make you who you are. So what someone else tells you to do or think and how to do it may not be relevant. It may not serve your higher good. What is important is that you stay curious enough to enter your learning curve and discover who you are and how you learn.
1: You do not need to run after other gurus' opinions and understandings. It is, after all, based on the context of their life, not yours. What counts is what you think. How you got to where you are today has to do with the way you think. The way you think is a result of the stories and patterns that have proven to be effective for you throughout your life. We all learn and grow through defining moments in life and then graduate on to the next moment. The wisdom of your life is cumulative as you successfully move through it, examining the feedback from your actions and decisions and learning from it.
0: If someone else tells you what to do, think, or feel, and you don't examine it, it it probably isn't going to help you in the long run. It could become a roadblock to fully getting to know yourself and honoring your journey. You need to learn how you learn according to you how, not they how. This inner wisdom is available for you to tap into and create movement in your life. If this is so, why have you not been able to live fully and get the movement you need? Why does anxiety still plague you? So we'll pause here because we're going to go into having a bit of a conversation about this. Author Commentary So, it's you know as a as a business coach some, and a life coach, I sometimes I, a phrase you're going to hear a lot from me <laughs> if I'm coaching you is the really important thing is, <laughs> and they're all really important things. <laughs>
1: depends for the moment which
0: is important for you. Well, yeah, <laughs> which is Im- exactly which <laughs> is important for the moment. So I was going to say, you know, the re- the really important thing is, I thought I say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have a little conversation here about finding the lost guru. And the thing that we're going to talk about that we read is one one sentence that Amy read. The way you think is a result of the stories and patterns that have proven to be effective for you throughout your life. So, one of the things, A- A- so Amy and I are mature people. We've, we've got adult children. We like to think we're mature.
1: <laughs> I was just about to do monkey, monkey noises <laughs> to prove my point.
0: <laughs> uh, I saw it there. I used to feel good about myself <laughs> but you know we've I guess what the point I'm, I'm making is that
1: yeah
0: there's a lot of life experience and Amy's coached a lot of uh, parents with sick kids and a lot of different people over the years and you know I've done my share of uh, business coaching and now we're doing this life coaching so well, how does a business coach become a life coach because I never found a business owner who didn't have a life where their where their life was interfering with their business or their business was interfering with their life. So we always end up talking about life stuff, right?
1: Yeah. Business and life.
0: Yeah. And the reason I'm saying all of that is to tell you that I had a light bulb, I had an epiphany since we started reading this book. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not that kind. (laughs) But but the epiphany was we have a lot of stories.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: We have a lot of stories that go on in our mind that – and a story can be as simple as when I feel I was wronged, I create a story out of somebody did something or I'm right – I create a story to prove that I'm right, or I've been injured by somebody, and somebody's taken advantage of me, and I create a story out of it. We, we are story machines. Human beings, I believe, we are story-telling machines, and that's the way it should be. It's our cognitive ability to think and to look at life and have conversations that's what? is what makes us human otherwise we'd just be dogs running around doing what dogs do <laughs> or cats or squirrels or whatever but our stories the stories are how we we tell stories when we talk we tell stories in books <laughs> That our teachers when we go, went to school the good teachers were able to tell a good story to gather, gather our interest right mm-hmm. so our stories work
1: I was thinking of the type of stories, though, that um, they may inhibit us from right. doing something. Um, for example, hmm. here's here's yeah. a, an example. Please. Um, back in my 20s, hmm. um, I wanted to go to university. But the story was that nobody in our family has gone to university. Ooh. Nobody has... Um, any education above grade twelve, we just don't do that. That was one of the stories. But the second story was, I was a mother of three already, and um, going to school or going to work was like abandoning my children. If they revolting. went to daycare, if they went to daycare or had a babysitter or something, that I'm a bad mother for not raising them myself. Right. So. That story, I held that in my head for quite a long time, and I I held back from going to school. So I didn't go to university till I hit about 29 years old, something like that, Mm. because for nine years, I thought that it was wrong for me (laughs) to, you know, I'd be not enough of a mother if I went to school full-time.
0: Well, and and that, yeah, uh, nobody and decides that they want to be a bad mother or a bad parent
1: (laughs) no i didn't think that when i first have kids oh i'm going to be a bad mother you know but the the thing is is my point is is that that was their story that wasn't mine and my story was that I wanted further education. I wanted to be involved in science. I wanted to solve problems. I wanted to I wanted to know more input, input, you know. I just was so curious about life and I wanted to I wanted to do something and right. inhabit my life fully and that was what my story became and so I overcame the other stories and said Well, you know what? Now somebody in our family is going to university. And, you know, the story that you shouldn't make more money than your father made and Mm. you shouldn't do better than your father because he worked all his life to get what he he has. You wouldn't have
0: what what you have if it It wasn't wasn't for for him.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I had to get past those stories, and I did, and I went to university. So that's an example of how they can inhibit you from moving forward to get something that you want
0: i'm really glad you mentioned that about overcoming the stories because as i was listening to you i was thinking you had to overcome that (laughs) you you, you (laughs) had because you had to you had to figure out what your story was what which is what you wanted and you had to resolve that conflict of of what other people's expectations and what we do as a family
1: I think what would have happened if I had gone to university but not let go of the stories is I would have held back from being a good student. I wouldn't have done all the excess homework because I'm supposed to be taking care of the kids. I would have kept, you know, not kept up with my reading. I wouldn't have had this standard set for myself that I wanted to be on the Dean's list. You know, those type of things um, if I wouldn't have even made it through school with that kind of attitude. Because I would have had all these um, things that were a higher priority for me. Like, um, uh, well, whatever. I can't think of anything right now. But this is just an example.
0: Absolutely. Because you wouldn't even have gone. No. You wouldn't even have tried if you had of adopted their stories. Yeah. And said, that's true. That must be the way it is. They know better, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the thing. Here's the problem and the challenge with adopting other people's points of view. Or like, for example, uh, when, when we just published our book, if and we shared some of that information with a few people, we get one word replies, oh, great. And then they want to move on with the conversation. Because they've never... People can't, it's difficult for people to appreciate something that they've never done or can't believe, don't believe they're capable of doing. And every time I've published a book, this is my third, is, it's like people say, wow. You know, people that understand creative work, understand what it is, or entrepreneurs to build a business. You know, we've been working on this since November 2017 when we mm-hmm. first started talking about it.
1: Yeah, that's uh, holy mackerel. <laughs> it, <laughs> it took, took it, it, it took
0: forever. But the point is, is that the purpose of all this is that we all have stories, stories that we've adopted that are full of other people's judgments, opinions, perspectives, values, beliefs, morals, and ethics. It's full of... Uh, Um, it's a ton full of (laughs) um, what what do you call it Uh, rules and expectations Yep.
1: but uh, what we had read earlier in the book was the way you think is a result of the stories and patterns that have proven to be effective for you throughout your life so there's a reason we have those stories those stories protect us they have been they are what got us through they are what makes you up today, your values, your morals, your ethics, your principles, your beliefs, all those things, um, they were effective. And the the question is, have they been serving your higher good? Do you need to let go of those stories and create new stories that are effective in helping you to not hold back, but to inhabit your life fully. Go after what is meaningful and significant to you and what brings you joy. So right on. you got to ask yourself, do those stories support your moving forward and getting from your life what it is that you dream about?
0: Right, and so in in a sense, that's what this entire book is about is helping you come to grips with, this, with the stories and the beliefs and the patterns of thinking you have that are preventing you from fully inhabiting your life. Somebody said to me one day uh, on, on Twitter, w- what do you mean by fully inhabiting your life? Where you're fully embodying what you want and you feel comfortable in your own skin. Mm-hmm. That's what we, how we define fully inhabiting your life. And so we all have stories. The stories, there are silent stories th- that go on in between our ears <laughs> in our thinking box that never get spoken. Mm-hmm. Then there are stories that develop as we grow through life and go to school and communicate and build friendships and relationships. And then there are stories and expectas- there are expectations made of us through our parents, through society, through government, through business and our employers, they all our stories. They're all stories. So the point is there are, you have, we all have, every single human being I believe on the planet has unconscious and conscious stories. Now the unco- or there, there are stories and beliefs and morals and values and ethics we have there are conscious choices that we're aware of, but then there the it's the unconscious stories that may not be serving us. Or the old, you know, like for example, we a lot of times we we grow up with beliefs based on how when we as teenagers and we grow into young adults, and then we never ever examine those beliefs, values, and ethics and morals that we had as teenagers, as 13-year-olds, and we're still living according to a 13-year-old's perception of life, and they didn't have a fully formed brain yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like when I was in high school, I said to myself, even though I wanted to be on the, um, uh, what do you call them, the, the school board, Oh,
0: the uh, student council? Student council, yes. Cool. School board, yeah.
1: Yeah, school board, yeah. <laughs> no, the student council. I wanted to do that, but right. I felt that I wasn't a leader, that I couldn't do something like that, that I hmm. I didn't have a voice. Hmm. So for the longest time, I, I uh, didn't pursue anything. I was a follower, not a leader, right, because I was following everybody else. Um, I had it in my mind that I couldn't do that kind of thing that it was for other people they had the ideas that were important Um, they were the ones that people would listen to nobody listened to me but which is funny though you know I'm telling myself nobody listened to me but I was voted (laughs) to be the one that would be either a counselor or a mother when I grew up (laughs) because people would come to me and I didn't even know who they were. I'd be sitting there by my locker on the floor eating my lunch, and somebody would come up to me and say, hey, are you so-and-so? And I'd be like, yeah. Well, I was told that I could come here and talk to you about a few things. And I'd be wow. like, okay, why don't you <laughs> sit down right next to me and tell me your woes, you know? Wow. <laughs> and this used to happen. And I'm telling myself, nobody listens to you. Are you kidding me?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a great example of a story, I guess. I'll I I'll, will wrap this up. I'll share a story. Okay. So if you know me, you, you you've heard this story. But I this big story I had going on in my life for a long time is that well a long time. Actually probably f- for about the last 5-6 years up until the last year or two when somebody (laughs) close to me challenged my story
1: I called him out on it
0: (laughs) so the story I had is that I'm the my entire family has died my brother my both my parents have passed my grandparents are gone most of my uh, uncles and I think I have one aunt left and my siblings have all passed uh, have all died before me now it's not surprising because I'm the youngest that I'd be in that situation but I had a whole story around it Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like this identity that had formed. Uh, we we form identities around our stories. And one day yeah, I'm was, talking about it, and Amy says, "So how long are you going to continue to hang on to that? How long are you going to keep? How long are you going to keep telling that story?" It was like a two by four upside the upside the head. And it's, like,
1: it's like you're you were, right. You were walking around thinking you were some sort of an orphan. Absolutely. You know? And it you're, felt that way. Yeah. That,
0: and because of that, I couldn't fully inhabit my own life.
1: You were living in the past. I was living in you the past. Appreciating what was in your present, you Correct. know. You're just saying, Oh, woe is me.
0: Well, I did appreciate some of the things about my present, but oh, I wasn't yeah. okay. I wasn't fully inhabiting my life because
1: you were doing pretty good. It's just it was a story you kept going back to. And it it really hurt me to hear you repeat the fact that you felt so forlorn as a result and I'm like hey what about the people in your life now what do you have what is good in your life now and
0: right I mean it's uh, yeah it's interesting I just actually today I was uh, sharing with a client client was asking me uh, I was sharing a story about um supporting somebody that was ill and in the last days of their last you know few weeks or a month of their life and uh you know I shared some of my stories I've had lots of experience with that and it's like I had this realization that there's probably I've had more experience with that than most people because of the number of bedside of of uh, Mm -hmm. deathbed um, experiences that I've had sitting beside people I love and watching them pass so
1: And for me, it's like being there for people in crises, Um, mothers and husbands and fathers that um, lost their children in intensive care. And because I was there with my own situation with one of my um, children being born early, I saw a lot of people losing their children and being there to support them. Mm. So it's similar.
0: Right. So... If you're listening to this, we're pretty certain you have some stories that have made up your identity. We'll leave you with this question Mm because we're going to continue talking about this. Uh, We're going to, in the next podcast, uh, in the next reading, we're going to talk about what you need to learn. What you need to learn is how to evaluate your thoughts, uh, which make up our stories. But I'm going to leave you with a question what how would you define two questions how would you define your identity who are you and what's the story behind your who are you story what's the story behind what's the real story the real life experience that you formed that identity from and just think about that as you continue to listen to our podcast as you continue to listen to us, go on and on. <laughs> Appreciate your patience, but really, what's sh- who are you, and what's the story that you built that your identity around? And we'll see you next week. And we just want to encourage you that if you have feedback, oh. suggestions, or questions, reach out to us. So you can find us at Life origami on Twitter. You can find uh, us on Life origami on Anchor uh on we're on tape book as individuals and uh we're all
1: we have one more podcast though this week yes friday yes
0: it'll be fridays uh yeah every monday good point monday Monday, wednesday Wednesday, fridays uh usually we try to get them out earlier in the day but we decided that we had to keep our nose keep greg's nose to the grindstone to get the book done
1: (laughs) yeah and i needed a good nap
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was so exciting to put, put my partner to sleep. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'd love to hear from you, and thanks for listening.